0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We are talking Chiefs, and it's a short week for them with Thursday's home game against the Denver Broncos. We discussed that game with beat writer Jesse Newell and looked back at Sunday's victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Both sides of the ball had highlight moments, and I thought it was fitting that the game ended with the Chiefs' defense on the field getting a final snap sack. After a break, we have a special guest. Chris Harris, who spent nine of his 12 NFL seasons with the Broncos, joins us. He's not happy about what he sees in Denver. We discuss how a once-proud defense has gotten so bad this year. But But it's not all gloom with Harris. We wrap up by talking about the changing football fortunes at his alma mater, Kansas. The Jayhawks are off to a great start for the second straight season. And Harris tells us what he is seeing in Lawrence. Okay, let's get started. Jesse, let's unpack the Minnesota Vikings win, 27-20. Chiefs win it. I want to talk uh, about the significant developments in this game. First of all, I'd like to get your idea of what the significant developments were. I have my own thoughts about this. Uh, Can we agree that the defense especially Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie on Justin Jefferson is uh, maybe about as impressive a defensive performance by uh, position
1: uh, or a position group this year. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's what we heard in the postgame for sure. You know, Andy Reid talked about, singled out Legereus Sneed. We know Trent McDuffie's having a great year. Chris Jones said if he had a game ball, he would give it to the secondary Uh, It does make you wonder how much Jefferson was hurt now that he's going on IR. He'll be out at least four weeks with this hamstring injury, how much he was trying to play through that. But a big part of that game was basically how well can the Chiefs stop the best receiver on planet Earth. And they did a great job, you know, held him under what he normally does, even when he was looking fully healthy in the first half. So um, it it was just another week where the defense showed itself to be good enough to help win a, a football game for the Chiefs. And they are looking every bit the part of a top, 10-ish unit in the NFL, and if that's the case, then the Chiefs have a lot more wiggle room with their offense to be able to win games even when they're not playing their best on the offensive end.
0: So typically with Steve Spagnuolo, we wait until the second half of the season for the defense to take its shape, but that's not true this year, is it?
1: No, it's not, and it feels like they're just getting more contributions from different guys every week, and that's encouraging. You know, After this week in Denver, you're going to get Charles Amenahu back Uh, after his six-game suspension as well, and going into the year, I probably would have pegged him as, what, maybe the third-best defender on the Chiefs' defense, fourth-best, somewhere in there. Uh, And the fact that they'll get him back and potentially be in position to be 5-1 and through all that with a a defense that has been ascending. But to to the point, I mean, Drew Tranquil has – you know, stepped in admirably for Nick Bolton. Probably not the same production that they got from Nick Bolton. You would think not the same production because of how well Nick has played, but the Chiefs have not missed a beat like they would have in past years. And then I think another player, Mike Edwards, is worth singling out. He's been part of their three safety looks, and he's probably going to get more playing time moving forward because he's playing better. He seems to understand his role in the scheme as well. Almost had an interception against the Vikings, but uh, if you look at kind of graded out how he's done the last couple weeks, it's, it's been really, really high. So I think the Chiefs just every single week you look at somebody else and say, that person is stepping up and contributing and, and doing something they didn't the week before, and that's a really good position to be in. Spags reminded
0: us this week that Mike Edwards is a ball hawk, and he, he was at Tampa for sure. This has not been really a ball hawking defense, though. Is it still just the one interception on the tip ball, I think, that the Chiefs have this year? They had the big takeaway, the first play of the game against the Vikings with the uh, – the hit by Justin Reed and the recovery by Brian Cook to set up the Chiefs' first touchdown, but it really hasn't been a, a defense that whose mo is takeaways. Maybe it's playing well. It's it's keeping scores down. If they can start working in some some takeaways. This could be a pretty salty defense.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if we're being honest about this, the takeaway part is usually a little bit more fluky. Sometimes the other team hands it to you. Sometimes there's a tip ball and it pops into your hands, kind of like the Detroit game where, you know, guy right spot, right time, makes a good catch, but that's not always something you can control. So the fact that the Chiefs on a down-by-down basis are doing pretty well and, and holding their own, especially in these close games where the game script hasn't gotten away, from the other team, except for the Bears game. Uh, that, that all has to be encouraging for the Chiefs. If, you, if you're if you going to pick one of the two, you definitely pick this way first, which is down-to-down, drive-to-drive. The Chiefs are doing a pretty good job defensively. Most likely those turnovers are going to come.
0: Okay. Look, I thought they did a good job overall on Kirk Cousins. He managed some, some good numbers, but uh, the big number was 20 points. They, they kept a, a good offensive team on its home field to 20 points, and that is a bottom line with – this Chiefs defense, it is keeping what Jets had 20 in, in, in a, look, a Zach Wilson come-out party type of game, but uh, kept the Jaguars out of the end zone. They were up 41-zip on the Bears before the Bears scored. So, uh, except for the game. And then two touchdowns against the Lions because, as you said, the third touchdown that Detroit scored was a was a pick six. So, all in all, great start for Steve Spagnolo and the defense. Let's switch over to the other side. Um 27 points for the Chiefs. I thought a good game for Patrick Mahomes. You know, I tried to pick a – don't try. I do pick a player (laughs) of the game. And I was going through – I knew I was going to write about the cornerback, so I didn't want to make one of those a player of the game. I just went ahead and gave it to Patrick Mahomes. He had good numbers. 41 of – 31 of 41 for, I think, 281, somewhere in that neighborhood with the two touchdown passes. I keep waiting for him to have that. You know that 350 yard game. He's had one against the Bears, but that's the only 300 plus yard game he's had this year. Um, after you know, after getting out early, he the touchdown on the first possession. It took a while, and they actually trailed um, 13 to 10 before the, the the field goal got him tied at halftime. But the first two possessions of the second half, terrific Chiefs offense there. Went the length of the field on a couple of drives and uh, ended with Mahomes touchdown passes. First one to Rasheed Rice. And then to Travis Kelsey, I just blathered on about the offense. But what what what's your general thoughts about the way the offense played?
1: Yeah, I asked Patrick Mahomes about that kind of the state of the union when it comes to the offense, and he said he was pretty happy with the performance against Minnesota. Other than a couple deep throws, he felt like he could have made and put it out there a little bit better for his guys. Even one of those turned into a pass interference call on that fourth and one mm-hmm. that uh, MVS very wisely kind of ran back in the defender. It's going to be a flag every single time, um, but. He, you know, teams are defending them to to kind of leave some zones underneath open and to make sure that, uh, you know, the Chiefs are on the same page. And it seemed like they were on the same page more last game with their receivers and what they did. And, you know, the one thing I will say when we're talking about points scored and points given up, um, it, it is still you know, this is kind of the breakthrough in basketball where you learn, okay, Possession wise, yeah, there's a reason Billy Tubbs' team score 100 every game, and there's a reason Roy Williams is running up and down the floor, and they score 100 every game. And then when Bill Self comes in with Big Ten ball, you know it's not as high. It's just the possessions, and I mean, I'll read this off right now: the Chiefs before the fourth quarter had six possessions of offense, and so it's harder to score 27 when you know you only get the ball two times per quarter through the first three quarters, and those drives went touchdown, field goal, punt, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. So, again, I mean, the the number there might not be indicating as well as the Chiefs played. And the big part for them is, and I talk about things being translatable over weeks, the Chiefs seem to have this magic potion formula, which is Mahomes, uh, on third downs. You know, the big downs, they win. They were 9 for 15 on third down against the Vikings. And so when we talk about them digging and dunking down the field and keeping this efficient, uh, so much of going into that is that when it comes to third down, you got to produce on that particular down and make sure the chains keep rolling. In the Chiefs for another week, as they've shown that they can do above league average, well above league average with Patrick Mahomes, they were good on those downs. They kept drives going, and like I said, through those first three quarters, really efficient. Now, game flow changes in the fourth quarter, and obviously, when you're up 14 or seven and trying to kind of stall out the clock, things are going to be a little bit different. But in the teeth of the game, um, you know, in those six possessions to have those 27 points, you really can't ask much more of the offense and If you're not picking Travis Kelsey, Blair, because of the other circumstances on the ankle, I think Patrick Mahomes is the player of the game. So if you're not taking into account what Patrick or what Travis did based off of his injury, I think Patrick Mahomes was the reason the Chiefs won that game. And I think that you made the right pick with that call just because uh, he was a very good, efficient part of himself and he delivered the Chiefs on those big downs when he had to. Always a good default position, Mahomes player of the game. Yeah, I mean, mean? (laughs) there's a reason he's worth about a touchdown to nine points every single game he plays, and for the Chiefs, he's really, really good. You mentioned the third-down conversions. A couple of them were spectacular. The third and 18, oh, my gosh. Yes. To to
0: Justin Watson with uh, with Mahomes heading toward the ground. Uh, The the Vikings got a good rush, and he was pressured, threw it up, and there was Justin Watson – Minnesota player mistimed his leap, I think, where he would have made, had a better chance of knocking it down. But Watson catches it at midfield for a first down. And then the Kel, in the second half, the Kelsey uh, reception, I, thought, I think it was third and eight, four, went for fourteen or fifteen yards, where Kelsey basically uh, went up high to get it. And then um, uh, anyway, terrific catch with especially on the on the bum ankle for for Travis Kelsey. So spectacular grabs on uh, maybe law of averages that catch up with them a little bit, and they won't, they won't convert third and 18 or, or third and nine like the, against the Broncos like they did against the Vikings, but
1: um, yeah, they had it going on
0: on those plays.
1: Yeah, they did. Uh, if you watch, I, kind of similar to Wasp in the Super Bowl, I thought, when Mahomes gets that all-out pressure, he backs up, backs up, backs up straight up to give him another half second. That ball was underthrown, but again, it gave him that extra a little bit of time, and we talk so much about trusting the receivers. I mean, he's starting to trust Justin Watson. He's throwing up jump balls for him to go get, and Justin Watson uh, was the reason that that play came down with a, a huge completion. So credit to Watson for uh, being the Chiefs' leading receiver through five games. I'm not sure any of us would have anticipated that before the year started.
0: One thought on the special teams, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. And of do I have it backwards? Uh, either way, the Chiefs now have been burned on a fake punt twice. Um, Minnesota uh, converted a, th- a fourth and two at midfield with a fake punt. The second time this year, both. so happened against NFC North teams. So look out for the when they play the Packers later this year. Maybe the I don't know if the Bears didn't try one. but anyway, um, this one was different though, because instead of having punt return team on, they had first team defense on. So it's not this isn't supposed to happen against a defense. A little bit disconcerting, though, for for teams to uh, be able to run fake punts on the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I, I think Dave Tope said it well this week in our conversation with him, uh, especially in his corner. He just basically said, it just can't happen. You know, whether it's a good play. I know Andy Reid, what was the word he used? He, he called it, uh, uh, I'm going to forget the adjective, but he said a, a slick play. or play, called a slick play. It a slick play it was yeah. Something yeah. like that. But he, he was pretty impressed by kind of the, the actual play call that the Vikings ran. They were ready for the Chiefs on that, but... Yeah, I mean, at some point, it's just got to be stopped. And I think Dave Tove mentioned this in his interview, which is like, if you don't stop these, teams will continue to run them. And so that's sort of the place that the Chiefs are at right now, which is they need to stop one of these. They need to make sure that other teams don't think that, you know, have free will to put their punt team out there and figure out some creative way to, to, stop, to, to get the first down against the Chiefs' defense. So, you know, I think this one was a little bit fluky. I think this one was – in the saved in the actual playbook for the chiefs and sometimes the chiefs get that where you save it for the super bowl champs and uh, they're able to get them this time but again it's a bottom line business i think dave took responsibility for it and basically said what needed to be said which is the chiefs need to stop these or they're going to continue to see them
0: and just to set the record straight fool me once shame on you (laughs) fool me twice shame on me so that's that, that actually makes more sense okay denver broncos Come to DEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday night. Second Thursday night game of the year. First one was the opener, season opener. So that was you know you didn't get the effects of a short week the way the Chiefs uh, and the Broncos are uh, have it. This let's just talk about the, the Thursday night game. It's it's a consolidated week. Uh, everything is is smashed together after playing Sunday. Uh, Chiefs would prefer to have played at home on Sunday, but uh, it's great that they're not traveling for Thursday, right? Uh, they would have to have left on Wednesday. Anyway, it's uh, it's tough. I'm not sure that there's an advantage to be had in a short week for either team, whether you played at home or on the road, whatever. But uh, the Chiefs are a 10.5-point favorite in this game, and for good reason.
1: Yeah, that's the bottom line of this, is that the Chiefs should be heavily favored Um Travis Kelsey was out there practicing on Tuesday. Looks pretty decent on his ankle. Uh, if the Chiefs are full strength, they should they should be comfortable favorites in this one. And um, we can talk about the the streak that's gone on of so many wins in a row against the Broncos. Uh, Our got, colleague,
0: Vajegar Gregorian is trying to get Chiefs to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's, it's tough not to. I mean, we were kind of trying to figure this out on the way to Minnesota, but... The last time that the Broncos beat the Chiefs was sometime around when the the Royals won the world series, which that that year almost feels like a lifetime ago, you know, because thinking about what's happened since then. Um, So some psychological things there. And obviously the Chiefs coming off a, a grinded out victory against the Vikings where so many guys grinded, literally grinded through injuries like Travis Kelsey, Drew Tranquil, Mike Dana to make plays late. So probably not ideal timing for a short week, but the bottom line is the Chiefs are better than the Broncos and the Broncos offense is actually better this year with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson has done some good things in there. It's just, our defense has been so horrific uh, that, and one of the things I don't think like any of us saw coming just because last year was the opposite. The, the Broncos defense was good and the offense was just so bad that they couldn't hang in games. So this is a game where the offense for the chiefs, if things go as you look on paper, the Chiefs should have success running the ball. The Chiefs should have success throwing the ball. Uh, this should be one of those games that the Chiefs need to avoid self-inflicted mistakes because if they play their game in this one, uh, they should score 30-plus points and they should have a pretty easy victory. But we'll see how it plays out. That's why um, you know you don't play these ones on paper. And it is one of those where I think guys are going to have to grind through some things to, to be out there and be available for their team. Knowing the Chiefs, though, that's kind of their M.O. at this point, and uh, that's what you would expect them to do come Thursday. Broncos
0: rushing defense has just been horrible. Horrific. Yeah. Uh, Brees Hall went for 172 last week, and of course, Chiefs saw him the previous week. Jets are a little bit of a common denominator between uh, Chiefs and Broncos. Um, yeah. So look, if if you uh, if you if you look at the game. Uh, Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense, Broncos offense, Broncos defense. I think you're right. I think Broncos offense is better than it was last year. I think the Chiefs defense is is a lot better than it was last year. I think the Chiefs offense, to this point, not as good as it was last year, but the Broncos defense has fallen off a cliff. I mean, it is, it is last in almost everything. It's really hard to explain what's happened and how bad it is in Denver right now. 70 against the Dolphins – um, look, that's the best offense in the NFL. Um, you, you can have a crazy type of day, but it was, uh, you know, everybody has had a good offensive game against the Denver Broncos, against this defense. And I suspect, you know, I asked earlier, when when's Mahomes going to have his next 300-yard passing day? It, listen, it might not be against the Broncos because they might rush for 250 yards. It might, might be an Isaiah Pacheco day uh, type of game. So, this,
1: But, again, this Broncos defense is um, uh, really, really bad. A couple things to circle on to. Well, a few. Number one, one of the huge storylines of the year is can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? The answer so far has been yes, and the Broncos are one and four. That's lets you know how bad the defense has been. I pulled it up right here. Uh, points four. So, hey, I'll give you a little quiz right here in the middle All of the right. podcast, Blair. Chiefs have 128 points in their five games. Do you want to guess how many points the Broncos have in their five games? 80. 121. Oh, okay. good, good on that. The, <laughs> the Chiefs have allowed 80 points this year. How many points have the Broncos allowed? I'd say 180 because of the Dolphins game. 181. 81. So if we're trying to really crystallize what the difference between yeah. the two teams right now is, I know the schedules are different, but uh, that's a pretty cut and dry thing. One other thing to watch here, uh, and this is early in the week, so you can't predict these things. This is one of the things you really can't predict, but... Uh, Weather in Kansas City is going to be something to keep track of, Uh, potentially thunderstorms in the area on Thursday night. So uh, we'll try to knock on wood, avoid any delays with the lightning, because uh, that turns into kind of a disaster for both the TV ratings and for, uh, you know, people in the stadium trying to to watch their favorite team. But if this is a downpour or rain or uh, there are some elements to play with, uh, we'll see how these two teams respond to that. Very good. Jesse, great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, We're going to take a break. And when we come back.
0: We're going to hear from former Denver Bronco cornerback and Kansas
1: Jayhawk defensive back, Chris Harris. Do you remember Chris Harris? He played at uh, KU? Oh, yes, of course. Great quote, great guy, and uh, should be a good conversation with him because he does not hold back with whatever opinions he has. And uh, spoiler alert, he does not. He's not (laughs) happy with the
0: Broncos. He was a... Uh, he was starting quarterback on the Broncos Super Bowl team. He's a four-time pro bowler. He's an all-pro. He was a terrific player, great player, undrafted, by the way, out of KU and was a starter by the end of his rookie year and just ended up with a terrific NFL career. So here is Chris Harris talking about the Broncos and a little bit of KU Jayhawks. Joined by Chris Harris Jr., so glad to have him on the program with us and 12-year NFL veteran. Nine of those years with the Denver Broncos, who the Kansas City Chiefs meet on Thursday night football. Chris, you were um, you were such a superb NFL player, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Super Bowl ring. You did it all for the Broncos. might be a little tough to watch this version of the Broncos these days. What are you seeing with these guys?
2: Yeah. Man, right now, you know, I'll start on the defensive side of the ball, you know. That's my special team, uh, <laughs> You know, we're, we're at a record pace of missed tackles, you know, uh, record pace of, of yardage per game, yards this season, you know. Uh, haven't been able to stop anybody, right? And uh, um, I've seen the Chiefs. They haven't put up the numbers like they have in the past, you know, but this could be a game for them to get going, you know, because we haven't really – you know, everybody that's played against us have set record uh, days and had career career days, you know, so – uh, defensively, uh, it's. it's it, it, I, I haven't seen a defense fall off the cliff like this, right? How do you go from top five to completely to being one of one of the worst defenses statistically in history? So uh, it's 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 mind blowing in that aspect. But that that's where I could start out on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Just looking at the numbers and and the just the recent. Uh, games the Jets game last week where Brees Hall good running back Chiefs saw him the previous week and uh, know how, I know how good he is former Iowa State running back uh, goes for a hundred whatever it was hundred and seventy two or something at seventy two on one carry um, mm-hmm. the run defense just hasn't been there for the Broncos that's one of the big issues isn't it yeah
2: oh man and uh, you would think that we'd be stout in there because we you know we paid DJ Jones. Uh, Zach Allen, um, Mike Purcell. You know, these are all three vets. You know, up front we have veteran linebackers. So um, uh, the the GM has put money into these into these players. You know, to be able to uh, get the results. You know, we they haven't had that, and uh, that you you would think that we would be able to be solid in the run, right? Not this bad, and uh, uh, you know, Chiefs have been running the ball a lot more, so you know they might. Andy Reid might take advantage of that, so it's going to be an interesting game, man. Uh, But the Broncos really need to come out on fire on Thursday.
0: They do. So Broncos give up 450 yards per game, total yards, 36 points, both last in the NFL. It's just, it's. I I tell you, I I tell people this. You know, I've I've followed the Chiefs now for for many years and covered the Chiefs. I, I I've respected the Chiefs Broncos rivalry. You know, before the Chiefs. Started this 15 game winning streak. The Broncos had a seven game winning streak against the Chiefs, and you were part of a lot of those. All of those, I yeah. guess, right? And um, yeah. it just it just doesn't seem right that in, in this rivalry, in this series, that one team should be so dominant over the others. But that's a combination of things, isn't it? It's, it's just the Broncos haven't played well, you know, in the last five six years, and this is the Chiefs' time, isn't it, with Patrick Mahomes and yeah. and, and Andy Reid and Kelsey and all that. Now you. You actually, you know, you played some games against these good Chiefs teams, and uh, just uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't have always great days against you all, but uh, but he got, you know, ended up getting the win. What What is it that you like and, and find, uh, admire about the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs offense?
2: Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, it starts with Andy Reid, you know, him being able to put the right offensive uh, game plan together, make the defense stress. You know, every time you play the Chiefs, um, you know that you got to be on your P's and Q's, right? You got to be ready to go. Uh, you know they're going to stretch you down the field, right? It's, um, especially when they had Tyreek and Hardman and all those little fast guys that they had. You know, um, definitely stretching the field. And now um, you really don't have that fear, right? As for them to beat you down the field now, right? So now you're going to see more teams play more aggressive. Not going to be in much stress. Mahomes is going to have to be a true quarterback, right? And, um, he's going to be able to still scramble and make, you know, a lot of plays with his legs, but now he has to kind of change his game a little bit when you don't have those big home run threats all over the field, uh, like he did with versus us. You know, that's what made it tough. You know, you have this guy that can make every throw and, uh, then you also give him one of the top receivers in the league and the top tight end in his prime. So it was all. It was always tough matchups going against the Chiefs. It's sad that it's a streak now. You know, it's not a rivalry because um, we always had great games, great battles in my era um, during the um, during the twenty elevens, uh, probably to twenty nineteen. I, 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 I'm trying to think when the streak started. Probably twenty fifteen. Probably after our Super Bowl year. That's probably when it started because I, I don't remember us beating them since. So it's been a long time. So. Um, These guys should be desperate and ready to put on a show on Thursday.
1: You know,
0: it's funny how – you're right. The streak started in 2015. The Broncos came to Arrowhead that year and and won the game when Jamal Charles lost a fumble at the end. Yeah. It was a night game, and and, and the Broncos returned it for the game-winning touchdown. The Chiefs went to Denver and beat the Broncos in a game where Peyton Manning started. He set an NFL record for completions. But ended up throwing four interceptions and got benched for Brock Osweiler. Um, but the Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So crazy how yeah. how this this rivalry has gone. The series has gone. But uh, um, that was a that, that defense. The, your, your your guys' defense in 2015 was just phenomenal. That's what won the Super Bowl, right? That was yeah. you know, beating Cam Newton in the in the Panthers in the Super Bowl. You who, yeah. who all had the. That's what must make it difficult to for someone like you to watch, you know, see what's going on defensively for the Broncos now.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I pride myself in tackling. I feel like I was of my era, I was probably the best tackler. Yep. You know, open field, uh being tackle tackling space and all that, you know. And these guys just are not doing that. You know, and that just that's just like the one you know, everybody has their pet peeves, you know. When they're watching, the, that's just one thing that ticks me off, you know, missed tackles, right? And we're leading, we're setting a, <laughs> a record pace, you know, and, um, that's something that you, you do, it is an art to it, right? Especially in the NFL when you have these guys that are so shifty, that can stop on a dime. Um, you have to be, you, you have to learn how to be a proper, to make proper tackles and be a sound ta- tackler in the league. And it just seems like that's something that we just skipped over <laughs> in the off season. And uh, we did practice, and it's showing up every week.
0: Okay, so it's Chiefs and Broncos on Thursday night football, seven fifteen kick. kick. Um, Chris, I, I can't let a conversation with you conclude before talking about what's going on at your alma mater, University of Kansas. Yes, sir. They are playing some pretty good football. Did you happen to be at the game on, on Saturday? I know some former yeah. players were there. No,
2: I wasn't able to make it. My girls, man, we got five soccer games every weekend. I but I'm you. going. I'm going to be down there um, at the end of October versus the uh, versus OU. You know, I'm a y'all yeah, from Oklahoma, so OU was like my that was my team growing up. You know, so and growing up, I'm a OU fan. You know, so I gotta <laughs> go watch both my teams play, and I, I think it's gonna be a good game.
0: What do you think of these Jayhawks? The way that uh, yeah. that uh, Lance Leipold has it has it turned around, and it's it's, it's great to see, isn't it?
2: Man, uh, Lance Leipold, man, he's been great. You know, talk about like a great fit into uh, you know uh, perfect college university that fits him. him and his wife, you know, she's involved. She's the mother, you know, of the team. <laughs> you know, just just seeing how great he is um, with the 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 school boards, you know, the chancellors, the the, uh, the, you know, the vice president, everybody as a whole, because I forgot to be around them all and being able to, you know, mingle with all of them, man. And it's just a perfect fit. Hopefully we can keep him for a long, for the long haul, you know, because we have great things coming. We got a new stadium coming that I'm excited for. Um, you know, that's going to be huge for J.O.G., uh, J-O Nation, you know, uh, we're, we're about to, uh, a lot of teams in the Big 12 are leaving OU in Texas, you know, so. We got a great chance to be able to be one of those top teams in the Big 12, you know. So I'm, I'm liking where we're at. I'm liking the momentum that we have. And now we got, you know, we got a chance to go back to bowls two years in a row, you know, that we haven't done since I was there. So I'm excited about where we're at right now. And uh, I can't wait to get back to Lawrence.
0: You're on the, you're on part of the only teams that have ever gone to -to back-to-back bowls in Kansas football history. And I think you're right. I think they're going to go get bowl eligible again soon. Maybe they do it this weekend down at Oklahoma state. We'll see. But, uh, um, that would be a major sign of progress for football at the university of Kansas. Chris Harris, thanks so much for joining us. Great conversation and best of luck to you.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No problem, man. Thanks for having me.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Monty Davis and to our SportsBeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Todd Feedback, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell for sharing his insights, and to Chris Harris. He hosts the Let's Ride podcast on the Believe Network. Morning Sports Edition is the nation's top digital sports page. Complete coverage of the Chiefs and the NFL, the baseball playoffs, college sports, and so much more. Check it out. At liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.